0: It was the best of times, it was the blast of times.
1: He's <laughs> a real weed. He's got a kink <laughs> for having dental work done. Seymour's well, a problematic <laughs> <not laughs> <in> granddaddy. <plan>, <laughs>
0: knowledge really quickly that this is the last of our Halloween episodes and I know, I know it's the
1: middle of November but isn't Halloween a state of mind? Not really it's one I'm in Every day of my life. Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) Every time we're cooking and you turn on a playlist, it's some, like, spooky bullshit. (laughs) And it's a different playlist each time. All of my playlists are labeled spooky bullshit 1 through (laughs) 10. That's just how it is. That's just how I live now. Yeah. Uh, Folks, so it's been been a couple weeks since since the old Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Some things have changed around here. We've got 12 more fish. We do. <laughs> a fish collection.
1: <laughs> In our tank. And, uh, and a snail.
0: But we've got uh, some endlers, which are like little guppies. And we've
1: named them after the entire cast of Parks and Recreation. There are 11 of them. And we have a uh, Grammy who is blue and orange, called Guillermo. And there's nothing much going on for him. No.
0: <laughs> Bless him. He's trying to make a little bubble nest, which apparently male garamis do when they have a mate, so their mate can lay eggs in the bubble nest.
1: But he's on his own in this tank, so I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. I just, I wonder, He said this morning that maybe he's seeing his own reflection and making a nest for his reflection, which is is quite tragic in a way. And kind of narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the great tragedies of our tank
0: is that the plants in the tank are the healthiest plants in this household.
1: I agree. They're so healthy. They're incredibly lush. They're thriving. They're, they've they grown exponentially. Yeah. And I think this is fairly
0: tragic in a house... Where you are basically a plant witch. Mm-hmm. And I am technically a plant ecologist slash climate scientist.
1: And yet... What has happened to our plants? This is like a temple of death up in here. (laughs) (laughs) Everything just is shriveled and decrepit. Except the plants that I stole from my office. So... In March, when the office closed because of lockdown, there was a bunch yeah, of... If you're listening to this in a year that's not 2020, it's a bit history, a history lesson if you're listening to this in the future, there was a pandemic this year, so we had to go home. We've been in our house since March. It's now November. <laughs> I don't remember what outside looks like, and I don't know how to work if I'm not wearing pajamas. <laughs> the office was getting rid of plants because no one wanted to take them home, so... You came to my office and helped me carry back just a mass of plants, two, like a massive fern, a yeah. Christmas cactus, which is huge, a small tree, a bunch of little cacti and, and things. I consider this our last great adventure. Yeah. Before the Rona. Yeah, getting those plants. We walked them back, too. Yeah, and
0: uh, they're doing all right. But I wanted to segue into uh, picture the scene. It's the middle of March and things are starting to look a little dicey with the old, uh, with the old coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It's looking like maybe it might be time to shut things down. And, um, and true enough, the university is starting to tell people to only work from home. Yeah. But I still can go into the office if I want to. However, that particular week, the washing machine in our kitchen has started to go on the fritz. So what do I do? Stay at home to make sure things are okay because I don't want to go back to a flood, and I need my underwear to be cleaned for the week of work ahead. Turns out I didn't need my underwear to be cleaned because there was no week of work ahead. But forget, like, ignore my logic. I choose not to go in. The very next day, I'm about to go into work, and we get an email saying, "Don't come back into work. You don't need to. We don't. Ha- We're not having it. Don't come back." That's that's it. That that's that's the last I, I see of my office for a good long time, and I start fretting because I've got this little uh, this little aloe plant. Actually, it's not an aloe, it's a Haworthia, a, a zebra plant. A succulent that I've read from birth. <laughs> I've read from when I was just a, a young child, when I got it from a garden centre back home in Cambridgeshire. And uh, it was sat on my desk, and I was like, it's a succulent,
1: it's going to survive the next few weeks. It's going to survive. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I remember about two weeks into lockdown, you were like, how long can a succulent go without water? (laughs) Not only
0: that, but I had a cup of coffee on my desk that I hadn't emptied. (laughs) So that was a concern. I was worried about certain things, my plant dying, and other things, bacteria in my coffee, being given life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And since then, I have not been allowed back into the office, and I've been intermittently just fretting about my little planty Mm -hmm. being like oh it's definitely dead
1: it was about May we declared it dead wasn't it
0: yeah because I was really worried and I was like you know what in my heart I know it's gone Mm -hmm. so skip forward to the month of our lord November 2020 (laughs) uh, Monday of this week Yeah, I'm going to my office and uh, it's open again I figure I may as well show my face no one else is there so I don't need to show my face to anyone but I wanted to pick up my mug yeah. <laughs> and pick up the plant pot so that I can use the pl- the pot for something else. Fully expecting my plant to be dead. I put like a poll on Instagram being like, is my plant <laughs> gonna be dead or incredibly dead? And it was overwhelmingly voted like incredibly dead. <laughs> I-, I stepped foot into my office and the sight I'm greeted with just blew my mind. <laughs> Sounded like a clipbait while I just said <laughs>
1: What's in the office? The results may surprise you.
0: Not only was my plant fully fucking alive, it had sprouted. (laughs) Like, I'm not even kidding, like a meter and a half long stalk. (laughs) That had shriveled up little flowers on it. So, and it had gone all the way up to the skylight. I didn't show you in the picture because I, I moved it to take the picture of it. So basically, it had thrived, Mm -hmm. like it didn't look dead at all, and it had made this massive stalk in all the years I've owned this plant, I've never seen it do that, and flowered lovely little pink flowers that I did not get to see, because it happened in the middle of summer when no one was allowed in the office. So I've taken it back, and (laughs) basically I immediately dropped it from my desk. It's fine, it's watered. Uh, I'm scared. Yeah. And I've spent about eight minutes now talking about this plant.
1: I'm scared about you bringing this plant into our house, because before you brought this plant back, you knew full well the risks. <laughs> we watched a film, a movie film. We did watch a movie film, as is want. <laughs> we watched a documentary. A musical documentary. A musical documentary about wrath. horticulture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And botany and space. Yes called Little... And gentrification. And gentrification. <laughs> it was a very thorough documentary, and it was called Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. And Little Shop of Horrors teaches us that if you have a weird plant, you leave it where you found it. I have been accused in the past of
0: liking weird plants. So I feel like what happens in this movie would probably happen to me.
1: I feel like it would have happened to me growing up. My little brother, like, I liked plants. My little brother liked carnivorous plants. So we had several Venus fly traps in the house. Um, and we didn't have a lot of flies because the house was was fairly clean. Oh, look at me
0: I'm Shannon. So... I keep a clean house. Yes, a... There are no maggots in my house. <laughs> no leftover food.
1: <laughs> Um, so no the, rats
0: swarming around on the floor, la di da.
1: Not like this film. So the, this little Venus flytrap, we had to feed it hamburger. What? Yeah. <laughs> it, In like micro pieces. They're still quite small. But they're very small. So you had to take like little bits of hamburger, and the the plant would open its little mouth. And you'd put the hamburger on it, and it was sticky to trap flies, but it couldn't trap any goddamn flies. And it would then, like, very slowly close its little demon mouth <laughs> and digest the hamburger. And then when it was digested, it would open it up again, and it just, like, sat on our kitchen table. So I feel like we were at risk of, of what happened yeah. in this documentary film. Um,
0: Remember when I was working at? I worked at a company that was affiliated with Cambridge University, Mm -hmm. and I was allowed to take my lunch breaks in the university's Botanic Gardens, Mm -hmm. which I often did because I was a bougie little bitch. (laughs) Let me tell you that year. Like <laughs> I'd go off to the deli at lunchtime with my Cambridge money, which wasn't much, but you know, it was it was enough to get the a bit of deli, and I'd take it down to the botanics, and sometimes I'd go to the uh, to the greenhouse, and they did have one of those massive stink plants in there, mm-hmm. and they very rarely erupt into stinking. Mm-hmm. This is the stinkiest plant in the world. If you've read the Guinness Book of World Records, you'll you'll know about this stinky stinky plant. Yeah, This stinky baby. <laughs> and I kept on going back So I was obsessed For a week it bloomed And, yeah. then, and it was like You know Attracting botanists From all over mm-hmm. And I was like This is great I get to see it free <laughs> But little did I know It was making my, All my professional clothes Absolutely Reek Of stink plant <laughs> So I'd go back to this like <laughs> Professional like Tech development Meetings and I didn't know I stunk until, until when my mum told me at the end of the week. She was like, has something gone wrong with the trains, Elise? Because she come back smelling a bit musky. And I'm like, uh-oh, it's the stink plant. So basically we've established the two of us would definitely be Seymour.
1: Yes. In the Little Shop of Horrors. And that is the name of the protagonist of this movie. We have back-to-back Rick Moranis films. Yes, Cana- yes. Canadian actor Rick Moranis. Because in the previous episode, we watched Ghostbusters. Yeah. And God Rick, help our souls. Rick Moranis played the neighbor in the original and worse Ghostbusters. And he is the protagonist of Little Shop of Horrors. Seymour. I don't remember Seymour's surname. I don't think it matters. His surname is Suddenly. <laughs> That's what it's suddenly comma, Seymour is, the name of the song that they reprise seven <laughs> yeah, times in this it's movie. it's like a
0: Bond, James Bond
1: situation. Yeah, but, uh, suddenly, suddenly Seymour. <laughs> Wait, suddenly, so I'd be Seymour bo- bond. suddenly. <laughs> That'd be Bond, Bond James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Seymour works in a flower shop on <laughs> Skid Row. The Skid Row is like...
0: <laughs> you know in every musical that's set in a city, there's always like one skanky part of town and they make a deal about how horrible it is.
1: It's the same part of town in every movie. The houses look the same. It's like an Annie.
0: Yeah, it's like if the Annie Orphanage Street merged with the where the orphans live in... Oliver. Yeah. Twist. Mm-hmm. And I've not seen Newsies so this is fully coming from out my ass.
1: I have seen Newsies and you are correct. Yes! <laughs> 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 uh,
0: yeah. There's even a song right at the beginning which is basically like five minutes of Welcome to Skid Row. <laughs> it's shit here. It's really shit here. There are rats People will shoot you. There's no uh,
1: plumbing, and they're they're just feeding Newsies out of the way with sticks. Yeah. The well, Newsies are trying to cartwheel onto set, and they're like, "It's <laughs> not your turn. The, Get out of here,
0: <laughs> Newsies." I learned today. Don't ask why. It was also written by Alan menke <laughs> Who did the music who for also the Little did, Shop.
1: He also did the Little Mermaid. So this, so this leads
0: me to think that Newsies <laughs> and Little Shop of Horrors and let's face it, Little Mermaid yeah. <laughs> are all in the same cinematic universe. They are. And we'll get on to a really interesting juicy point later that ties all this together. But let's leave it for
1: now. For now you just have to imagine there are people singing about the street and they're just like elbowing Newsies out of the way as they attempt to talk about how shit their street is. On the street where Rick Moranis lives
0: are three women (laughs) whose job it is just to go around in coordinated outfits singing about ominously about evil plants. Yeah.
1: Exclusively. Yeah. And I love them. (laughs) They're... (laughs) Cautiously, they're the best part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they sing the, the title song, Little Shop of Horrors, which is an absolute bop, even though the lyrics make no sense. Little Shop, Little Shop of
0: Horrors, Little Shop, Little Shop of Terrors. And then that's the bit that you remember, but there's lyrics like, Aliyoop, he'll turn you into soup. You better watch your butt, baby. Watch your back and your tail I love Mencken This plant shop is the shittiest plant shop I've ever seen in my life There's
1: nothing in the windows It is dusty It's de- They've got a bunch of plants But they're all in the basement For yeah. reasons that defy understanding <laughs> Rick Moranis lives in the basement Of the shop Seymour. Seymour lives in the basement of the shop. He was raised there by the plant shop owner who is not his father. What's his what's he called? I, the plant shop owner. Mr. Plant Shop Owner. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Shop. <laughs> I thought we we're gonna say Mr. Krabs.
0: <laughs> or Mark. Mark. Mr. Plant Shop. Yes. And his co-worker, Audrey. Who's got this really strange voice? She talks like this all the time.
1: Oh, don't mind me. I'm just old dowdy Audrey. I don't deserve a good man. Audrey is a perplexing character. The actress who plays Audrey is in Pushing Daisies, is she not? I think so. She's one of the aunts in Pushing Daisies. I believe that to be the case. A fantastic show that she's fantastic in. But she tries my patience, as Audrey. <laughs> Audrey, Audrey.
0: We'll talk more about her boyfriend later. But she's got a scumbag dentist boyfriend who's Elvis,
1: <laughs> Steve Martin. Who yeah, plays on Steve
0: Martin. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, and Seymour has a crush on Audrey. Yeah. Audrey dreams of a better life, someplace that's green. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good song actually yeah she's in her little house opposite the plant shop in skid row and she like daydreams about like i guess like a very sort of infomercial style domestic bliss that's kind of a funny song yeah yeah
1: and note that somewhere that's green is not the plant shop because there is nothing alive in the plant shop (laughs) and they can't figure out why they're not making any sales Could it be because there's nothing for sale in that plant shop when the story starts?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it could be. Like, they just... They don't... They try nothing. It's not decorated. There's not a variety of plants. But it's okay, because we've got spunky old Seymour, who goes to his regular haunt, the probably kind of
1: racist shop down the street. Yep. It's a bit of a gremlin situation, um <laughs> Explain what you mean because
0: <laughs> I know what you mean.
1: Oh right, we didn't actually talk about Gremlins. We didn't record the episode. <laughs> we watched Gremlins and thought nah <laughs> <laughs> Um in Gremlins the the man, I don't know, whatever his name is the father in Gremlins. Mr. Dad. Mr. Dad also called Mark. It's weird how many people are called Mark. Goes to this shop in Chinatown and buys the what are they called Mogwai? yeah and then that then becomes a gremlin and the, the shop is and is just it's just everything you would expect from like it makes you sigh deep in your soul like why would you write a movie this way yes um and the the shop where Rick Moranis gets the plant. In Little Shop of Horrors is very similar to the it's shop like where a, they get the Gremlin. Exactly. It's a plant version of the Gremlin shop. Yeah. With, it's a, like a shop in Chinatown with like an elderly Chinese man who owns it. So he's buying plant, sort a plant shop to sell in his own plant shop. Yeah.
0: That doesn't seem like a great business model.
1: Except he model. doesn't buy plants from the plant shop to sell in his own shop. He buys them and then keeps them in his room in the basement with no windows (laughs) or that has the only living plants in the store because they don't keep any on the shop floor and i'm not sure the ones in the basement are for sale
0: i'm no plant expert but plants need wait. i am a plant expert (laughs) oh my god (gasps) loosely listen here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing I'm not a botanist, and a botanist knows a lot about plants. If you're a plant ecologist, you have to have a passing knowledge of the plants. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> plants?
1: All of them? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, I mean, like, give me a savanna plant. I don't know. Nor do I care. Give me a tundra shrub. I can identify that that little boy. Mm hmm. But, uh. I feel mean, like that's Mark, the tundra shrub. <laughs> that's Mark, the Salix arctica. He's <laughs> a real weed! <laughs> I care more about how they they the the ecosystem services mm-hmm. surrounding the plants and you know how they affect and are affected by climate yada yada yada. I, this is why I'm saying I'm not a plant expert, Claire. You don't know the ins and outs.
1: Yeah, but
0: I know they need light.
1: Plants do need light for
0: the something that we like to call in the industry photosynthesis. That's a very technical
1: term. Would you like to explain what you mean by that? No. <laughs> It'll remain a mystery. You know how we got lungs? Yeah, just like that, but with plants. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah,
0: plant lungs. C- yeah, basic kind of. Plant lungs need the sun. <laughs> plant lungs need the sun, and, and you can you- take nothing else from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please take this. Plant lungs need the sun, Seymour. <laughs> Don't keep them in your basement. Seymour is a problematic plant, daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he buys this plant that looks like a little Venus flytrap. It's like a Muppet Venus flytrap. Yeah. Um, and it's in like a coffee can as its plant pot. And he brings it back and wants to put it in the shop window as a display. And the person who owns the shop is like a display well, get the, get the hell out of here. No one's going to come into this shop just because you've got a plant on display. And then, like, immediately a guy walks into the shop and is like, I saw your plant on display and I'd like to buy some plants here. Yeah, he doesn't buy that one plant. It's like, I saw that, that plant with a mouth on display. I would like, some roses. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's a montage of this happening with hundreds of people who see the cool plant on display... And come in to buy <laughs> Not that Anything else And then suddenly they're like filling the shop with plants And they're like oh my god If we actually like have plants We can sell plants That's so weird um, <laughs> And now Skid Row is gentrified Yeah They're so, they're starting to gentrify Skid Row House prices
0: are going up They're pushing out the old residents This is all subtext Yeah
1: That <laughs> doesn't Happened in the movie, but it does You know, you know how these you, things you know, work You know, how it is <laughs> But then, the plant, which Seymour Has named Audrey 2 Which is, he's the love interest So I guess it's sweet But I find it creepy <laughs> Um, <laughs> Audrey 2 Begins to die And Seymour cannot Figure out why He's been taking very good care of the plant And then Sings this song called grow for me to the plant. Yes. And at one point he's like listing all of the things he's given to the plant to like help it grow like you know water and fertilizer etc etc and then he he says what do you want from me blood and like as he says that he scratches his hand on a thorn um, and draws blood from his fingertip and the plant, like, perks up and starts to, like, make motions at him. Yeah. And it's, like, a really gross sort of sucking sound. It's like, hummina, hummina, come to mummina. <laughs> and Seymour, desperate at this point, because he's going to lose his job and house if he can't make this plant live, goes in and lets a couple drops of his own blood fall into the plant's mouth and it yeah. perks up immediately oh seymour
0: someone shouldn't have done that because now the plant has a thirst for blood
1: and this is the point at which i would think oh it's a venus flytrap." It needs meat. Mm, meat of some kind. Not necessarily human. Maybe I should just go to a butcher's. But nobody does that. <laughs> no one tries it. <laughs> until way later in the film, when things have already gotten well out of hand. At this point, the plant is still the size of, like, a small aloe vera. <laughs> he has now begun to talk. Yeah. He has a
0: human brain and can speak. Yeah. And he starts
1: asking the worst of old Seymour for flesh. He starts asking for blood. So then we get like a bit later, Seymour's hands are covered in bandages and he's like, I can't keep feeding you blood. <laughs> I'm running out of blood. <laughs> and then the plant sings a song called Feed Me and it's getting like progressively bigger each scene we see it. Yeah. It progresses to the size of a large Dog by the point that it sings the song Feed Me. At this point, Seymour has
0: become a local celebrity Mm -hmm. because of how massive the plant is that no one has tried to
1: buy from him. No, no one's tried to give him any money for the plant. They just want to buy adjacent plants. (laughs) Okay. I guess sometimes
0: you go into a shop and there's something that you really like and it's like, it's not for sale, it's decoration. It's like, ugh. Yeah. But you could make mint out of this evil plant. You could make mint out of this evil plant. It's not a mint, but <laughs> you could make mint out of it. We have some mint in this flower. Uh, don't get me started that's, on our bloody mint. It's probably alive. That, I feel like the mint that we've got has taken my blood. <laughs> it's taken some of our soul. Yeah, it definitely has. We've named our three spearmints, Amber, Barnett, and Jessica... And if you get the references, congratulations, you're also scum like us. <laughs> Watch reality TV.
1: If you don't get the reference, it's from a novel by Thoreau.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't Google it.
1: <laughs> don't Google
0: Amber, Barnett, and Jessica.
1: <laughs> it's a really boring novel, you wouldn't like it.
0: <laughs> we meet Audrey's scumbag
1: boyfriend. <laughs> Played by Steve Martin, it's
0: just the most ridiculous character in this in this uh, in this movie. He's a dentist, and he sings a song called "You'll Be a Dentist," where he, he's basically saying that he was such a, a sadist as a child, like yeah. hurting animals and stuff. That his mum was like, "You know, kid, you'll be a dentist, and then you can use these tendencies at work."
1: Yeah,
0: and I feel like. This is a sort of caricature of dentist that I picked up as a kid and has stayed with me. <laughs> because it ins- this song instilled a fear deep in my soul that I've always had about dentists. <laughs> as a kid, I was always like, why would you want to be a dentist? You're just like, torturing people.
1: <laughs> and this is that the song. The song is about that, yeah. The lyrics of it are hilarious. Yeah. And... Steve Martin is very good in the role. I'm not afraid of dentists, so I don't vibe with it on a visceral level, but (laughs) I can see how one might... Yeah, he's just jumping up on desks and going
0: around his motorcycle and torturing people uh, who've come for a dental checkup and Mm -hmm. drillings, Mm -hmm. you know... Uh, and I I feel a bit betrayed because he's a very compelling villain, like Gaston. He's a Gaston level villain with a Gaston level villain song. Yeah. But apart from the fact that he's actually the worst. Yeah. Like he he hurts Audrey. That's the implication. Yeah. He, yeah. So y- you can't like this guy. No. And it's like.
1: They should have made him a bit less evil. Yeah. Because I want to vibe with him. Yeah, if he was written a bit differently, he could be very fun. Yep. <laughs> His song is good. This, this leads us to, to maybe the oddest scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, including, once again from two weeks in a row, Bill Murray. So let's back up here for a second. The plant has told Seymour
0: to kill someone and... St- feed it to him, the plant. Yeah. And Seymour's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And the plant's like, please. And Seymour's like, okay.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really take that much. So Seymour sees Audrey and her boyfriend and Seymour's like, well, maybe I could kill one guy because he he knows that Audrey's boyfriend has been abusing her. So he's ready to do a murder.
0: So he books an appointment for the dentist. And you can take it from here, because this has bothered you
1: so much. Oh, (laughs) my God. I don't understand the function of this scene, and I think that's why it bothers me so much. Like, I don't know if they just, like, got Bill Murray for a day, and we're like, we're just going to wedge this scene in here. Also, the scene that we're about to describe lasted, like, a full 15 minutes. It was so long. Before Seymour even gets in there for his appointment, the person who's got an appointment before him is Bill Murray. And I'm just going to call him Bill Murray because his character doesn't have a name. No. And And he has a kink. He's got a kink (laughs) for having dental work done. The more painful, the better. That's the only thing we know about him. It's the only thing we'll ever know about him. (laughs) And this really annoys the dentist character, whose name I also don't know. Mark And there's this really protracted scene where, like, Steve Martin, who has a line in the song, You'll Be a Dentist, that he gets off on the pain he inflicts. Yeah. Not being able to inflict pain on Bill Murray because he's enjoying it. Yeah, he's got, like, a full-on pain bonus. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird scene that goes on for a really long time, given that... Steve Martin's character dies almost immediately after, and Bill Murray's character is never seen again. So I can't even, this was such a blur, I can't, so Bill
0: Murray does not murder the dentist, but the dentist gets into a situation where he's, he's trying to hive himself up with laughing gas. Yeah. And it gets stuck in his face. Yeah. And then he asphyxiates. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Murray's character... Is gone by that point. Gets the hell out of there.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think he's still there. I think he leaves and then Seymour goes in. And then he gets the laughing gas on... To hype himself up. That really does beg the question, why was Bill Murray there? Exactly. He just leaves and we never see him again. He has no effect on the plot and the scene is really long. In the trailer for this movie, they really, really,
0: really, really hype up Bill Murray's cameo. They're like, and featuring Bill Murray.
1: Who's in it? For too long, and none of it's relevant to anything that happens before or after. Nightmares for weeks. Yeah. And yeah, so then Seymour goes in with, he's got a gun to like kill the dentist. And then Steve Martin, like, I don't know, he like gets the gun away from him and then he's like, I'm gonna kill you and I'm gonna enjoy it. And he puts on the like a laughing gas. I don't know, backpack. (laughs) But then the, like, handle breaks. And he asphyxiates in the laughing gas. So then Seymour drags him away, chops him to pieces in an alleyway. Gets seen by his boss, Mr. Shop. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Mark Shop. And then I think in the same
0: evening, by the way, we're, like, more than two-thirds of the way done with the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, Audrey's upset. She's heard that her boyfriend is is dead. Yeah. But she's not that upset because he was a scumbag. And then Seymour comes along. And then a Seymour comes along. And is like, okay, don't worry about it. You can be with me now. And this starts the first of a song that is reprised too many times (laughs) for the final act of one musical. (laughs) If you're going to reprise a song in the musical, you better introduce that song at the beginning. Especially if you're going to reprise it twice. Yeah. Suddenly Seymour is
1: standing beside me. Suddenly Seymour. There there is three versions of this song. <laughs> and yeah, the first one is is after Seymour dismembers steve martin and feeds him to a plant and then is like audrey your boyfriend's dead you can be with me now and she's like sweet great love it and then they sing this song and it's really really long and yeah that's the song for the most of the rest of the movie yep
0: so the plant now is has has eaten an entire body and, and Mr. Shop, the shop owner, Mr. Mm-hmm, shop, mm-hmm. confronts Seymour yeah. about having seen a murder, yeah. which immediately gets him
1: murdered. He gets eaten by the plant as well. Yeah. And now the plant is really quite large. It's taken over most of the, the small shop. Um, Seymour was properly famous from this now. Yeah. Like, the TV,
0: people come round, he's on the radio... Uh, you know, I think the National Geographic are involved. Is that a point? I don't know. Or Time, one Time of Time Magazine,
1: maybe. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they want photos of the plant, and one of them wants to do, like, a, a TV show with Seymour and the plant, and they're gonna, like, pay him a bunch in advance, the next day. Enough money to escape Skid Row. So it becomes like a thing that they're waiting for this money, and keep that in mind, because none of the characters do. Uh, (laughs) It's something I was thinking about, because they set up this whole, like, none of us have enough money to leave Skid Row thing, and they're like, this is how you get the money to leave Skid Row, and then they forget about it entirely. All he has to do
0: is one thing. All he has to do is wait one day and do one thing, and the money is his.
1: And you know what he doesn't do that, because <laughs> the rest of the movie takes place the night before that one day. He and Audrey are gonna get married and like run away together. Yeah, um, which definitely doesn't make one of them look guilty for the murder of the dentist. Who the police <laughs> are still looking for. Yeah. that never comes up again.
0: Yeah, everyone just forgot. Uh, no one liked that one dentist, so it was fine. Yeah. It's a bit of a goodbye Earl situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the plant reveals that he wants to eat one more bud. Yeah. And he's trying it on with Audrey. He uses his plant tentacles <laughs> to call her. And, t- and she comes over because she's curious, I think. She,
1: she,
0: yeah. And then he captures her and is about to eat her. Actually it's really gr by the way, can I just say this plant is a perv. Because mm. when the radio interview is happening earlier in the movie, the plant is about to like peck this woman's ass. Yeah. But I don't I don't like it. I think it's wrong. If I caught my plant that I took from my office the other day <laughs> doing that, I'm gonna fucking hurl it out the window. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's very creepy with Audrey and is like swallowing her. And then Seymour comes in and is like, Stop!
1: Stop. I have a backbone now! <laughs> <laughs> he saves Audrey and then tells the plant that he'll get it like meat from the deli. At this, This is the first we've heard of them trying to feed the plant anything other than human flesh. And bear in mind that Seymour has already committed two full murders now before he was like, do you want to try like a hamburger or something? Yeah, I can get you some like offal
0: from <laughs> from the Skid Row butchers. You support a local business, you Yeah, know?
1: yeah exactly. Try and boost up this uh, this other local establishment. But no, like the order of operations in Seymour's head was horticultural Sweeney Todd and then trip to the butchers. <laughs> It's a long walk to the butcher, I guess, and the dentist is, like, right there. We've gotten to the part of the movie that I really wanted to
0: talk about, and you know exactly why. I know exactly what you... The song that occurs, first of all, goes on for, like, 20 years. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, lots of your life will go by. It's called Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. The plant reveals (laughs) that he's an alien from space. Mm Mm-hmm. So any fear where they make the aliens where they make the aliens. So any fear I had of him thinking that he was an Earth monster that just dissipates. Well, exactly. I'm not afraid of aliens. No one's afraid of aliens. So this the song doesn't work because I'm like whatever. He references, (laughs) he references friend of the podcast Pennywise (laughs) from the movie It Chapter Two and also the prequel to It Chapter Two. It won. (laughs) And also the book that those movies are based on, but we don't talk about the book. No. Pennywise, and he doesn't refer to Pennywise as though Pennywise is a
1: fictional character. It's more like they're friends. And I think this is... I think this is something that brings us to... back to a familiar topic for the podcast, but one we haven't talked about in a while... And that's the It Chapter 2 cinematic universe. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Where we... I mean, you can look at our back catalogue. We basically think that there are certain characters that are so powerful, so evil, so disturbing that they can only be spawn of Pennywise.
1: Or siblings of Pennywise. But I think we we agreed while we were watching this film that that Audrey 2 is a different case. Because Audrey 2 also came to Earth... In a spaceship mm. like Pennywise. Yep. Um so we think that Audrey Two and Pennywise were on like a gap year road trip <laughs> and that they were college roommates. They were friends from school. Yeah. It was sort of like supervillain sky high situation. Yeah, exactly. Um and that's how Audrey Two came to be on Earth. As as the former roommate of Pennywise. Yeah. He's also an alien, and that's why we're not afraid of him. <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware, what you <laughs> what you learn in the movie It Chapter 2 is that if you Spoiler alert. If you know that that something's an alien, that means you don't have to be afraid of it anymore. The, my favorite character, Mike, from It Chapter 2, having
0: learned that pennywise as an alien and not like a sewer earth monster stands up to the monster and is like i know what you are that's why i'm not afraid of you <laughs> like mike you still a fucking alien my friend <laughs> like that's like even if he's not even if you think aliens are not scary which fine they probably aren't let's not cast it you know assumptions about aliens
1: He's still eating children. This particular <laughs> alien is is at that time a 10 foot tall giant spider <laughs> <laughs> with the face of a circus clown. Who may have killed
0: one of his friends already? No, he's about to. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler, this is spoilers. Death. Spoilers for it chapter two. <laughs> Listen. <sighs> I'm just, I'm just really, I, when I heard this lyric in this song when we were watching Little Shop of Horrors, I, I made a noise, the likes of which I've never made before and will likely never make again. I felt so seen in that moment.
1: That we'd chosen this film, this film that's part of the cinematic universe we've been so thoroughly investigating throughout this podcast. (laughs) Not much happens after this point. R- Seymour electrocutes a plant to death.
0: Yeah. The, and let's be clear: the day before he would have had a TV interview that would have given him the money he needed the, to. The day after. The, the day next after. Day, yeah. The, this is no. This is the day before he kills a plant. The day before. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but th- that's not a problem. He saves Audrey, and you're like, well,
1: I guess they don't have the money. No, they have it Yeah, they just go away And they buy the house from Audrey's song somewhere that's green Which even, turns out is a real house Even though they basically exploded Half a Skid row Yeah, <laughs> because of this plant Oh, the plant was gonna um, Have cuttings taken of it Because it's now grown all these little pods That also sing in harmony with it um, And it's gonna have cuttings Sold to people and then it'll take over the world So they kill it yeah. Um, but at the end, in the house, uh, somewhere that's green, in the little planter at the end, there's, like, a tiny little little alien plant It's like, s- sings a note, and then that's the end. Yeah. Shannon. Yes. Do you
0: think the Little Shop of Horrors is Cursed, Blessed, or Blessed?
1: I, I'm gonna give it a solid blurst. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um I had a really fun time watching it. A lot of the songs are, are bops. Yes. Um the puppetry for Audrey too was very cool. Yeah, disturbing. He had too many teeth for my life. Yeah, he was very disturbing, but you know, he was meant to be disturbing, so yes. I'll give it a pass. And then when I learned he was an alien, I wasn't even scared anyway. Well, so, exactly. Like, it was like he was a real big softy
0: after that. It's like, <laughs> It's like Pennywise the Dancing Clown. (gasps) Audrey the Cannibal Plant. I also think this was a blast movie. Mm -hmm. It was just fun but it wasn't a good movie yeah and I think this is something we've been missing for a while (laughs) because in the last episode we had a cursed and a blessed yeah and I don't I've 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 lost the sense of what that sweet spot is especially now we're doing this on a bi-weekly basis Mm -hmm. by the way we're doing this on a bi-weekly basis now guys it just I just sometimes forget what a good blessed is but this got me and it has made me think more carefully about uh plant Keeping.
1: Yeah, and why we need to stop putting, giving our blood to the plants because we are giving them a taste for it. Yeah. And that is a danger. Every time I get a paper cut, I'm like, oh, I've got a boo
0: boo, I'll put that in my plant soil. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing that. No, we know now. I can tell you as a tundra ecologist, plants don't need human blood, they
1: just crave it. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like catnip to them.
0: Yeah. If you get a cut on the tundra, all those plants are on you like. Yeah. You know, like a. Like a. Like, what goes on you?
1: <laughs> I'm like, really stuff, tired. stuff that goes on you. Like, stuff
0: that gets everywhere on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dearie, dear me. If you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> You can listen to our repertoire on uh, on the old on the old whatever you listen to, your, to podcasts on Spotify. Talking iTunes, talking Amazon,
1: talking Apple Music, but not SoundCloud. We're
0: not on SoundCloud. Contrary to popular belief, we're not there. And
1: if you you want to chat with us, check us out on Instagram at Kirster Blurst. We sometimes post memes.
0: Our inbox is open. If you have a demon plant, or just an alien in your life, and you want to talk to us... Let us know. We're not gonna be afraid.
1: Yeah.